Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So this lost in the limbo thing, right? And the truth is this message came from my own personal life, just feeling a little bit like lost in the sauce, lost in the limbo. And I love this about our pastors. Pastor Jurgen says this, we don't wanna practice what we preach, we wanna preach what we practice. So you'll find at this church, you're like, why are the pastors so vulnerable? Why are they telling stories of when they were sucking? Why are they talking? Why are, they, why are they sharing? Because listen, it is our job to relate to you and then help you relate to what God's word says, the God who created you, who loves you, and who knows you. And so this morning, this message, if, uh, if I could title it, I would call it In Love with the Limbo. And you guys have all heard the saying, lost in the limbo, right? Like just lost in the sauce. And being lost in the limbo to me means I've left one place that I was excited about, right? Come on, I went to Cherish Conference and God gave me a word and they prophesied over me and I'm gonna preach to the nations. I'm gonna start a business and all those blessings coming my way. And then you begin the journey towards where God is calling and you find yourself walking and you find yourself walking and you find yourself walking, but you're not quite there yet. So you start to feel this little bit of tension and this vacuum of what's being pulled. You're being pulled towards the things of God. You're being pulled towards the promises that he's made. You're being pulled towards the dreams that he's given you, but gosh darn it, you just aren't there yet. And what I have found in my life is those in-between kind of like, uh, everyone go, uh, those uh moments, you know what? That's actually where God wants to produce things in me that he couldn't produce in any other season. He couldn't produce in any other time. There is some sharpening that needs to happen. There is some coaching that needs to happen. There is some revelation that I need to find. There is some stamina that needs to fill my heart again and remember who God is and that everything that he says will in fact come to fruition. Can I get another amen? What I love about God is he's not just a promise maker, he's a promise keeper. He is a God who keeps his word. And so this, this message is coming out of the last few weeks of my life, and maybe you can understand this, but like when it rains, it pours, right? You're just like, oh my gosh, like everything all at once, a tornado of all the variables happening, you know, decisions with ministry and big changes in business and uncertainty here and uncertainty here, and then my baby's getting sick, and then he's in a leap, and so he's waking up every 90 minutes. My wife uh, preached at Cherish. She was remarkable if you were there. And we're like right in the middle of this thing and my most incredible son decides, you know what, every 90 minutes, I'm gonna wake up hungry and crying the night before mommy goes and preaches. So it's just this like, when it rains, it pours, right? And for Marissa and I, it probably lasted 10 to 14 days. If you asked us, you know, separately, how long did it last? We probably have different, you know, timelines of how long this like limbo lasted. But I can remember waking up, you know when you wake up in the morning, like the first thing you're thinking about is how stressed you are? And like all the things of like, man, like I gotta do this thing today and this decision's happening and this person's trying to hit me. I'm like, in the middle of that, I know in the back of my mind that God's trying to get me somewhere, but gosh darn it, I just ain't there yet. And so this morning, my message would be called In Love with the Limbo because if we can be a people, listen, mature Christians, and listen, I just learned this lesson, so I'm gonna teach it to you fresh. 
mature Christians have to actually shift their perspective about being in the limbo and go, you know what? Instead of me feeling ugh about the limbo and hating the in-between and all of the uncertainty, what if we could be as a church people who actually fell in love with the limbo? Because we would fall in love with what God wanted to do inside of us, the things he wanted to refine in us, the things he wanted to highlight and illuminate. And listen, it takes a mature Christian to say, you know what, God, I'm actually good with the in-between in the middle because I know there's something you want to get to me and out of me and through me. Amen? How fun. It's the difference between being here and there, right? It's what was and what will be. It's where I am, who, where I am and where I'm going. It's who I am and who I'm becoming. In love with the limbo. It's incredibly frustrating. You start asking questions like, God, how many lessons do you want me to learn? Like, dear God, in a row? Like, am I back in school? Like, is there going to be a quiz after this? Like, what is it you're trying to teach me? And then you start going a little further. God, do you enjoy me feeling stuck? Do you get some kind of, like, pleasure? Do you, do you enjoy me not knowing what's next and the, the lack of confidence and the insecurity and the uncertainty? Do you like me in this position? And you can start asking these questions. When is this going to be over? When, it, when am I going to step into the promise that you gave me? When is the dream going to be realized? When is that thing that I know that you've said going to actually happen and occur? Instead of feeling the uh of the in-between, again, I want to help us train to love the limbo, to love that in-between because it's going to produce those things in us, amen? If we can learn how to love the limbo, no matter how disappointing it is, no matter how much the timing isn't making sense, no matter how far off it may seem, when, listen, when, when you and I arrive at that thing, at that opportunity, at that promise, at that hope realized, when we get there, come on, I want to be a church who looks back and says, you know what, through that process, I became the person who could walk into the thing that, wanted, that God wanted me to get to, amen? Okay, so I'm going to read from the Bible, which is what we teach here. So if you've got your Bibles, we can get that out. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 3, and this is really the story of Jesus' limbo season. I'm going to explain. Jesus is, you know, born, he lives his life, and he's 30 years old when he begins his ministry. And the Bible says that he went and found his cousin John, John the Baptist, total stud, awesome guy. And the Bible says that Jesus asked John to baptize him. And so the Bible goes on and says this, Jesus came from Galilee to John of the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Kadunk. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is about to begin his ministry. This is the mark. He's getting baptized. If you look at scripture, this is really like the catalyst. This is like the snapping, the pushing of the button. Jesus is about to go fulfill all of what God has ordained him to fulfill, right? But you know what I love is that God sends him on his way. God sends him on his mission, God activates his calling by affirming and encouraging him, telling him, you're my boy whom I'm well pleased. I've given you a mission. I've given you a calling. You have a great destiny. God is lighting him up because he knows what's about to come. He he knows that he's about to go into the wilderness. He knows he's about to be tempted by Satan, but he also knows that when Jesus comes out of that limbo season that we're going to talk about, Jesus goes and starts kicking butt and takes names. So God is very, very intentional, I believe, about affirming and encouraging and and really giving Jesus that. that Think about this. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Yes, that's good, good theological teaching. Because he was fully man, I have to imagine that when he hears his father's voice, 
affirming him, encouraging him, giving him the word of what his life is meant to become. I have to imagine the man side of Jesus was like, oh, I can go do this thing. I can endure what I'm about to endure. I can begin what I'm about to begin. I'm gonna become who God has destined to me to become. Okay, if we skip forward to Matthew verse four, one through two, which is the next chapter over, it says, then Jesus, this is after his baptism, okay? Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. That's good math. After 40 days and 40 nights, I would also be hungry. This is, the, this is the limbo season for Jesus, right? This is the in-between of being called and affirmed and encouraged and lit up, sent out to the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, no food, just communing back and forth with God, getting ready for the thing that God is gonna call him to step into. You guys tracking with me? If it's making sense so far, say, yep. So Jesus is tempted by the devil three times. You know what's so interesting? When, the, when, the, when Satan comes to tempt Jesus, his whole goal, the real thing that he's trying to get him to do is to de- deny who he really was. If you can sum it down to what was his real goal, he was trying to get Jesus to deny who he really was. We're gonna talk about that in the second point. Don't worry. And then in Matthew 4, 11 through 13, after Jesus is tempted by the devil in those three different ways, it says this, the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now when Jesus had heard that John had been in prison, he departed to Galilee and started going and kicking butt and taking names. His ministry was activated and turned on. If you're taking notes this morning, which we always encourage here, there's a great power in writing things down, taking notes. God's gonna speak to you this morning, but guess what? He can speak to you on Monday, he can speak to you on Tuesday, he can speak to you on Wednesday. There's a reason we take notes in our church. The very first point would be this. Go back to the last thing that God told you. As you're learning to fall in love with the limbo, as you're in the in-between, you're making your way towards, but still not quite there yet, as mature Christians, as people who are gonna begin to learn to love the limbo, we must have the discipline and the awareness of what was the very last thing that God told me? What was the last thing? Because listen, if you can hold on to the very last thing that God told you, you can endure any storm, you can endure any timing, you can endure any frustration, you can endure any disappointment. You can, take, you can take what God has told you when you go to the doctor's office. They can say things like this. Hey, you're diagnosed with this and this. Hey, this is gonna happen with your business. And you're sitting there holding on to the last thing that God told you. And a person who is convinced that the last thing that God told them will come to pass, will come to fruition, I'm telling you, you can endure any season of limbo that comes your way. So God says, this is my son, I am well pleased, I affirm him, my spirit is in him, my spirit is on him, I've called him to literally save the world. Jesus could then go into the wilderness to endure what he was going to endure because of the clarity, affirmation, and mission given to him by God. Many of you have maybe experienced this, dude, you go to Emerge and you're lit up for like all of four days and then what happens? Do you forget about what God has told you? Maybe you start the business and things go, and because it, by the way, it takes a long time to build a business. If you're gonna do it right, there is no such thing as quick success. Quick success is actually dangerous because you haven't processed in the, the limbo season. That's a whole other thing. But while you're building the business and it ain't just going the way that you go, can you go back to, no, I know that God told me to start this business. I know God gave me this strategy. I know God connected me with these people. I know God gave me this idea. Maybe you're without children right now and you want to conceive. One of the most beautiful things about our church, one of the three wells that we dig deep at this church is that people in our church, when they come here and get under the spirit of God, they get, al- they get in alignment, they get discipleship, the power of God hits their life. You know what happens? One of the things that's the coolest is they go from barrenness to fruitfulness in all areas of their life. So maybe you're here this morning like, Sterling, we've been trying to conceive. Come on, I've been doing everything I can. Good for you. 
been doing everything I can, but it just hasn't quite happened yet. Can you go back to and hold on to what God has promised you, that you will be a child, that you will produce, that you will multiply, that there will be a baby in your arms at some point? And what I love about our church, story after story, testimony after testimony, miracle after miracle. In fact, there's a young man here today. His name is James William Pottery Barn Gardner. Colby and Isaac's little James Williams is on the way. I gave him some extra middle names. It's James Williams Pottery Barn Gardner. Because <laughs> he's cute. J-Dub and K-Dub. And it's interesting, a word from heaven is really all that you need to endure these seasons of limbo, right? It's easy to feel good when you just got done getting lit up. It's easy to feel good when you just encountered God on the altar. It's easy to feel good when someone prophesies over you or gives you a word of encouragement or a word of knowledge. It feels good when Rex Crane calls you out of the crowd. It feels good when you're at Cherish and you're sobbing and it's, oh my God, God is here. And you feel so great leaving Cherish. But then you go back to your normal life and like, shoot, I'm right in the limbo again. The thing that, that God has promised me hasn't come back to you yet. Listen, I'm telling you, if we can be a people who look back to the very last thing that God has said, maybe you need to go back to the time he encouraged you, affirmed you, gave you calling, gave you mission, gave you the blueprint for what he wants you to do in your life. God told me I would find my spouse. Maybe you're in here and you're single and you are ready to mingle and God's made you a promise. Listen, I know the desires of your heart. I know, I know the desire that you have. Listen, it can go just beyond, oh, I just wanna get married. Let's go deeper than that. I wanna have a fruitful and meaningful relationship. I wanna have babies. I wanna start a life. I wanna start a family. Like it goes deeper than just like, oh, I wanna be married. Being married is very cool, but all of the things that come with it are even better. There was a time in my life, there was about a two-year window where I wasn't dating. And the reason that I wasn't dating is before that, I made a few decisions that were not God's best. Okay, you do the math, you fill in the blanks. Made a few decisions in that relationship. And so I had to decide, hey, if I actually want to become the person that my wife is gonna wanna marry, if I actually wanna get to marriage as a man of integrity, as a man who does what he says, as a man that God has shaped and refined, I had to have a little bit of that limbo and like weird season. But guess what? In that weird season, I would find myself asking God like when and where and who. Where is she going to be? When am I going to find her? And I had to keep going back to the last thing that God told me. The last thing that God told me about my wife before I met her was that you will not have to convince her to live the life that you want to live. She will already be living it. My whole life, I wanted to be about the things of God. I wanted to be about building the kingdom. I wanted to be about people. I wanted to have people in our lives. All of the things that Marissa was, but can you imagine if in my limbo season, instead of going back to the last thing that God promised me, I tried to manufacture and make it happen, I wouldn't be here today. I'm telling you, if you're single here and God has told you that you will be married, can you hold on a little bit longer? Can you wait a little bit longer? Can you do it the right way? Can you get people involved in your world that you can process with and communicate with and wait until God steps you across that line? Come on, when you know God told you, then you know God told you. No one can steal that or take that from you. We've gotta go back to those seasons, in those seasons of limit to the very last thing that God has told us, amen? When everything else is changing in your world, can you remember that God never does? Come on, as humans, we start thinking the thoughts that we think and believing the things that we believe. I'm telling you, in those seasons of limbo, go back. What was the last thing that God told you? Hopefully it's written down in a notebook. Maybe it's saved in your phone. Maybe it's written on the tablet of your heart. Can you hold on to that thing no matter what comes your way? Amen? Okay, the second point would be this. In those seasons of limbo of the in-between, I have learned and I wanna teach you today that if you fail to process properly, you're gonna be in big trouble. 
So point number two would be process properly. Okay, what do I mean by process properly? More than just looking back to the last thing that God has said, we've got to learn to process with God and the people in our lives while we're in the middle of that weird, funky season. Here's why. Let me teach you why. The enemy of your soul will wait. He will wait for a moment where you are broken down, where you are tired, where you are in a place of vulnerability to begin his attack. Do you know how I know? Because that's exactly what he did to Jesus. He waited until Jesus had been in the, in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible said he was hungry. Come on, there's a Snickers commercial in there somewhere. You just aren't yourself when you're hungry. And so Satan waits until Jesus is at his physical weakest point to come and attack him and start getting in his ear. Did God really say this? If you really are this, oh, you can really do this? Do not be surprised and do not be fooled. The enemy of your soul will wait until you're about to give up. He will wait until you're processing improperly. He will wait until you're complaining with your friends about what God hasn't done in your life. He wants to get in your ear then and there. It's his best opportunity. The Bible says, uh, sorry, it's in yellow, so I think it's the Bible. He will try to get you to question what God has said, right? He's been doing that since the very beginning. Adam and Eve, first thing, did God really say that? Did God really say that you're going to be excellent in business? Did God really say you're going to start a family? Did God really say you're going to find value here? Did God really say there's friends waiting for you? Did God really say to build his kingdom? Did God really, listen, he's going to try to get you in this cycle of did God really say the best thing that you can do is say, yep, God did say, and this is how I'm going to process with God. And I'm sure that Jesus had to do this. Like, the Bible doesn't say what was going on in those 40 days, except he was fasting. But I have to imagine that Jesus was praying. Jesus was communicating. Jesus was processing with God. God, I just came from this, like, awesome baptism moment. You, heaven's open. You told me that. a Boy, there's a dove. Did you see the dove on my shoulder? Like, how cool was that? And now I'm in the wilderness starving? And the devil's here trying to get me to deny who I am? And like, what the heck? I have to imagine that Jesus, at some point, at some level, was questioning God. Can I tell you that God is not offended by you questioning him? God is not offended by your intellect. Can you imagine if you became a Christian and God was like, this is amazing, so beautiful, my plan worked, I've been, you know, I've been chasing you down, you've prayed the prayer, you raised your hand, you're in a connect group, you're saying, this is so awesome. Okay, sorry, but here, let me take all of your intellect. Don't ask questions, just fall in line. No, God is not offended by you asking questions. You know what's so funny? King David in the Bible is kind of like a diva. Half of his psalms were like, my enemies surround me. You've forsaken me. Will I ever live again? And then like the next chapter is like, God who strengthens me, my mighty tower. No, f-. like, it's like reading the psalms is like listening to a sad song when you're sad. It just like makes it go even deeper. Like my enemies surround me. I'm like, buddy, it's the IRS. It's fine. You know, they're surrounding you. You'll be okay. The limbo though is the making of you. Because there are things that as you process them with God, as you process them with the right people, how do I know that they're the right people? Great question. They have spiritual maturity. They point you back to the person of Jesus. They have experience in the thing that you're going through. Come on, I don't want to buy a house by myself. I got to call Teresa and John Mack. I don't want to lift weights by myself. I got to call Pastor John. I don't want to write songs by myself. I got to call Pastor Deesh, right? It's getting, it's getting people that have been through and have spiritual maturity and God has given them leadership in your life to be able to communicate and process with you while you're in the in-between season. Because the in-between season, if you, if, you don't, uh, if you don't process properly, it can be a dangerous time for many Christians. Because that's when they'll dip, that's when they'll bail, that's when, they're, that's when they'll go back on what God has said. They will lose, they will lose that, that suction towards what God is calling them towards because they can't endure the middle because they're not processing properly. Does that make sense? Is that good? Okay. So a great analogy here is King David. 
King David was absolute stud, one of my favorite Bible characters for sure. But what's very interesting is the Bible shows us that King David is anointed as the king of Israel. So Samuel comes to his house, finds the sons of Jesse. God tells him, this is my boy, anoints him. So he anoints him with the oil. But biblical scholars believe there's about a 15-year gap from the time that David was anointed as king to the time that he was appointed as king. Maybe you're here today and God has anointed you for something, but you have yet to walk into that thing. You've yet to, to step across the threshold. You've yet to you know, push the button of here it is, God, this is what you promised me, because guess why? In those 15 years, I have to imagine that God was grooming King David to be the king that he was gonna be. He was grooming King David to be the man and the leader that he needed him to be. Can you imagine if God had given David the keys of the kingdom when he was a boy? Dangerous. If you're wondering why it's taking time, it's because God is processing you, and God wants you to process with him. Just, can we just be aware and be honest and be realistic? God, where you're calling me, who I am, I need to become a different person. I need to have your power. I need to have your sharpening. I need to have your coaching. And then when I get there, great, you've made me the man that I need to be so that I can do the things that you've called me to do. How do you respond to being in limbo? I can imagine David's like, God, you said that I was going to be king. What the heck? 15 years is a long time to think you're going to be king and have the oil. I'm like, is it still there? Did it? Listen, no matter the time between what God has said to you and where he's taking you, can we just be a church that's going to say, God, I'm going to process with you the right way. I'm going to get you involved. And listen, I'm going to question you, but I'm not going to complain. Maybe some of you need some friends around you who don't let you complain. I've got a few friends in my life that if they catch me start complaining, I owe them ice cream. I know that's so silly. But they, hey, you're complaining, send me ice cream. Ben and Jerry's Instacart to their door. It's the most annoying thing. <laughs> but guess what? It makes me complain less or, listen, it helps me catch when I'm complaining. Are you complaining about God doing things in you again? Ugh, yes. Are you complaining about, because it's so easy, right? You're worshiping, God, refine me. God, shape me, mold me. You're the potter. You know, you're the clay. I'm the clay. You're the potter. That sounds so good when you're worshiping, but when you're actually in the middle of it, shoot, that's hard, right? Let's have some spiritual maturity and process properly. Amen? And when in the middle, instead of, you know, questioning, questioning him all the time, because God doesn't mind your questioning, but sometimes he wants you to have something besides a question. So what I found that works for me is I'm in the middle of this, you know, funky limbo season is that I actually remind God of what his word has said. I preach to God. As Marissa and I were in the, you know, the limbo of like some things changing in our business and how we got paid, all good things, all exciting things, but there was definitely a season like, shoot, like, am I going to get paid again? Like, what does this look like? I got a family to support. My baby needs the money. Like, I got stuff I got to do. Like, I got a vision builders pledge. I don't just pledge. I fulfill, dang it. Like, I'm like... I'm like having these conversations, right? And in the middle, instead of questioning him, I started to remind him what it was that he said or what he's already done in my life. It would sound something like this. God, there's never been a time that my bank account has hit zero. There's never been a time that I've gone without. There's never been a time where you haven't showed up. There's never been a time where you haven't given me a fresh word. There's never been a time where I have gone without because I submitted my life to you. I've put my hope, my faith, and my trust in the person of Jesus. So I started reminding myself by reminding God what his word says. I remind God, God, I've stopped first your kingdom. Do you not see? I've been in ministry full time for 15 years. I've laid my life down and will continue to lay my life down. But God, don't you see? Aren't you gonna do something about this? Okay, your word says, if I seek first your kingdom, then all these other things will be added to me. I must remind myself by what your word says. Your word says that I will be refreshed as I refresh others. 
Your word says, as I teach your word, blessing will find my home. As I commit to the things that you commit to, as I commit to the people, the relationship will grow, that development will happen, that people will see you in the light of who you truly are. God, I'm just tired, dang it. You ever told God that? He's like, I know, buddy. Take a nap. God, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm hurt. But your word says, I will renew my strength. Your word says that I will walk and not grow weak. I will run and I will not grow weary. Your word says that I will be filled with fresh oil. I'll be filled with the anointing again. I will get supernatural strength, supernatural stamina. Come on, we gotta be Christians as we're walking through this limbo season. Remind ourselves what God has said and remind ourselves as we're processing what this Bible says, amen? This is where you cue discipleship, okay? So I'm talking about processing with God and then processing with the right people. This is incredibly important. This is where relational equity has to come into play. You gotta have friends, one, who won't know you complain, like I said, but they've gotta point you in the right direction. They've gotta give you hope again. Okay, buddy, remember when you came and you told me what God showed you and the vision for your life and all the hopes and dreams and desires? Come on, are you really gonna let that go because it's not happening yet? Are you really gonna forget all that God has showed you because you're still in the middle? Are you really not willing to put yourself on the anvil of God's grace, on your anvil of God's mercy, on the anvil of God sharpening and shaping to become that person? I need friends like that in my life who I can process with, and if I start complaining, they can call me out. One of my best friends, he lives in Boise, Idaho, very sad for me, very awesome for that campus. And I called him, and I basically quit my job. I said, hey, I'm done with this. I feel like I'm too stuck in the middle. I'm overwhelmed. Remind you, everything else is going on at the same time, right? So I'm, I'm acting out of, like, complete chaos and whirlwind and just, like, talking out my butt. So I call him, and thank God he has relational equity with me. Thank God he knows me. Thank God him and I have a relationship and have been doing ministry and life together that he can hear me say I'm quitting my job and like, uh-huh. Next day I come back and like, you know what? I was thinking about it, and I think, I think it's probably okay if I, if I keep going a little bit. <laughs> right? If you're going to quit, at least quit with your friends, but have, but have your friend be the person who calls you the next day and be like, hey, you were talking out your butt, huh? Uh-huh. I was in the middle of the season. I wasn't there yet. I'm feeling the stress. I'm feeling the, but hey, I'm good. Let's go again. We've got to, as we're in the middle of learning how to fall in love with the limbo, come on, remind ourselves what God has said, process with him and with our friends properly. It's going to be awesome. Amen? Okay. And part of the reason, I want to go back to the story, part of the reason, you know, in that two-year gap that I wasn't dating, right, is because, again, I'd made decisions that weren't God's best for my life, but I really had the realization, I was 26 years old, 25 years old when this happened, I had the realization of, I've actually got to become the man that my wife wants to marry, and that can be so generic, like, oh, you're a young adult's pastor, you know, preach it. No, listen, there's actually a lot of power here because if I didn't have the awareness of, okay, I've got to get some things right in my life, I've got to go get freaking discipled. And so I pursued discipleship. I pursued older men in my life. One of the men that I used to meet with, his name is Rick Dunn, an incredible leader of leaders, an older gentleman. Why did I go and talk to an older gentleman? Because he'd been married for a long time. He's got baby. He has advice and experience to give me that I couldn't get somewhere else. I started meeting with uh, one of my climbing buddies. You know, people hear that I was a rock climber once upon a time. Almost all of those rock climbing times were me processing with Pastor Jason. Hey, dude, I want to be married. I, I, I see that God has this for me. Like, when, where, and who, dude? Like, when is this going to happen? Because in that, that two years, I really had to do the work to become the person that Marissa deserved to marry. So I processed while in the middle of that limbo until Jesus' name, found that girl, put a ring on it. Here we are, right? <laughs> third, third greatest decision I ever made was marrying Marissa Pyle. 
First one was following Jesus. Second one was come to Awaken Church. Number three was marrying Marissa. But I needed to figure out my junk right in the middle. Listen, do not waste the limbo season. Do not waste the in-between. Do not waste the stretch. And if you're like how I was a few weeks ago, just like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over, I dare you to counter those thoughts with some excitement. It's gonna feel maybe manufactured at first, good. Be like, you know what, I love the limbo. I love not knowing what's gonna come next. I love the uncertainty. I love the, if you can start changing your mentality, guess what, I bet you, I don't know, you can quote me later, you know, send me your God story. I bet you, I bet you that God accelerates things in your life because he's getting you to the place where like, finally I can work. Finally, I can do what I do. Finally, I can shape and sharpen. And what's so beautiful is then, guess what? Getting over here is just like a bonus because what I've done, the work that I've done here, the work that God has done in me here, this is actually more valuable than just getting to the destination. It's actually more valuable than just getting to the promise, getting to the dream fulfilled, getting to whatever this is. Come on, can we be a church who falls in love with the limbo? Amen? Either I'm preaching really fast or that clock is slow. I don't know. I love it. Is this good for you guys? Is this helping? Okay. Okay. So the third point would be this. The third point would be this. Those who endure. Those who endure. The reward is to those who endure. The stepping across the threshold of all that God has promised you, all of the desires of your heart, all of the things. Listen, God has given you these things. And if you need to ask God again to show you some of those things, again, guess what? You're in the right spot. We're going to give you an opportunity to ask God, hey, God, what is the thing that you're pulling me towards? What is the thing that, that maybe I've left where I'm at and I'm in the middle of what? Remind me again, God. Fill me with hope again. Fill me with faith again. Fill me with passion for what you're calling me to again. The Bible says this, so it's very simple, and then the devil left him. You know why the devil left him? Because he knew he couldn't get him to deny who he really was. He knew, he gave it three shots. They were, you know, air balls. Gave him three shots to try to get Jesus to deny who he really was, and he couldn't accomplish his mission because Jesus was so certain with what God's word said. He was so certain on his identity. He was so certain on his mission. He was so certain on where God had called him to be that nothing the devil put in his ear could slow him down, stop him, or cause him to go astray. So what's so beautiful is Jesus comes out of the wilderness season, he comes out of the limbo, he comes out of the 40 days, no food, comes out of temptation, and goes and starts kicking butt and taking names, starts operating immediately in power. There was no gap. There was no gap. Immediately goes and casts out demons, immediately goes and begins to heal, immediately begins to go and preach the gospel. What's so remarkable is when you cross across that threshold, can I tell you, you get a supernatural wind that, like never before. You get fresh like never before. To those who endure, the conversation with my business and, you know, me quitting with my best friend, it's like the next day, as soon as I decided that I wasn't going to, and as soon as I decided, you know, I was just like feeling sorry for myself and in this weird season, can I tell you, as soon as that happened, as soon as I made that decision, I got supernatural stamina from my business again. I got excited for it again. God started giving me innovative ideas. God started reminding me of how good my business has been to me in the past. When you remind yourself who God is, come on, when you process properly, you get to reap the benefit of those who endure. Those who endure. Jesus endures the wilderness season and wins in the grandest of fashions. Bosses the devil around. Comes out stronger than when he went in, more dialed than when he went in, more certain than when he went in, and starts his, and starts his ministry operating in power. I love in our church, like I mentioned, we don't practice what we preach, we preach what we practice. Does that make sense? 
And maybe you, you had heard for the last few months about the Heinrich story of, of getting their house. That was, that's literally like a perfect limbo scenario, right? Like I could just preach on that right there. Had a word from God, this is what will happen, this is what I've called you to, this is what I'm promising you. And then the, the in-between season, right? You guys move four times. You move four times. Talk about an up and down you know, limbo season. And then stepping across the literal threshold of, the, of their new house, literal threshold of what God had called them to. It's so interesting, through that story, they hear from God, they go through the limbo and they process. I love Pastor John, you are literally processing with your church, you are processing with your people. Hey, this is what we're feeling, this is what's going on, this is what God is doing, this is what we still have faith that God is going to do. There's not a moment, sir, that you, that you pushed away what God was gonna say. There's not a moment that you rejected that it might come to pass. There's not a moment in that season that you both let go. So guess what? Now they get to endure, or excuse me, they get to reap the benefit of those who endure. They endured, what a picture for our church to see. What an example. It's so interesting, through those moments, you can find yourself, you can be disappointed, but guess what? When you endure, that will lead to your dependency on God. In those moments, your frustration, guess what? That's just fuel for God to lead you to faith. He doesn't mind if you're frustrated as long as it turns into faith. As long as you don't forget what he said, as long as you're processing, as long as you're enduring. Come on, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Can I tell you this? God will turn your hopelessness into hope again. I've seen him do it too many times. I've seen him act in too many ways. I've seen him change too many lives. I've seen story after story of those who endure, those who don't give up, those who don't quit, those who don't get out of the process, those who don't get out of the limbo. If you stay in the limbo, my friends, you will come to your dream realized. You will come to your promise fulfilled. You will come to the things that God has promised you. Again, God is not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. He's too good. When you get to the end of that wilderness season, my friends, that's when the supernatural finds you again. Listen, and then God speaks to you again and gives you the next thing. That's where God speaks to you again about the limbo season. He's talking to me this week about, hey, remember the limbo season that you're preaching on? There's still more I wanna process with you. Why did your brain go here? Why did you process this way? Why didn't you ask me this? God wants to be a God who is deeply involved in your life, but he can only be deeply involved in your life if you allow him that access and you stay in that process. Can I get an amen? amen. So, everyone stand up to their feet. So, the next time, and maybe you're in the middle of it right now. I know 100% of you are, for sure. Welcome to being a human. When you find yourself in these intense limbo seasons of the stretch between what was and what is, the stretch between here and there, the stretch between who I was and who God's calling me to be, the next time you find yourself in that season, can you start correcting your brain, start taking your thoughts captive, start fixing your filter and your perspective and say, and realize, this is what you do, you realize, God, I'm in the limbo, I'm in the middle. I see where you've got me, I see where I've left and I see where I'm going. I don't know the timing, I don't know the way, I don't know the how, I don't know the who, but God, I'm gonna commit to you, I'm gonna start changing my heart, I'm gonna start changing my perspective. God, show me how to fall in love with the limbo. Because if I can fall in love with this season, my goodness, there's nothing that can take me out. There's nothing that can slow me down. There's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can discourage me. There's nothing that can keep me from where you're taking me to. So next time, so next time, just say, oh, I'm in love with the limbo. Make it a joke between you and your spouse. Oh, babe, I'm in love with the limbo. This is so great. 
Bring it up with your Connect friends. When you're processing something like, oh, dude, I'm just in love with the limbo right now. This is so great. But listen, can I tell you what will happen? Your mind will start being, the Bible says be re- renewed. Be renewed. Be renewed in your mind. Man, I'm telling you what, if we're a church of people who fall in love with the limbo, we are gonna see God do things quicker. We're gonna see God do things more efficiently. We're gonna see God do things more powerfully. And here's what's beautiful. Here's what's beautiful. As you learn to fall in love with the limbo, guess what? You get to teach your friends how to fall in love with the limbo. Hey, dude, no complaining. Send me ice cream. Hey, did you talk to God about that? Hey, did you bring that up in your connect group? Hey, who's discipling you? Start asking these questions. Start asking these questions of yourself. Listen, the limbo season doesn't have to be dangerous. It doesn't have to take you out. It doesn't have to slow you down or disappoint you. Let it be a thing that fuels your faith. Let it be a thing that builds dependency on God like never before. Listen, there's things that he can do in that season that he can't do anywhere else. I wanna do this. I've got three minutes and 58 seconds. With every head bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're in the room right now when you're lost in the limbo of fully, listen, fully submitting your life to Jesus Christ. The same Jesus that God sent to earth because of the sin problem of humanity, because of the lack of relationship, because of So God sends Jesus to earth to one, live a perfect life. No other human being can accomplish that. No other human being could step up to that plate. Lives a perfect life and then is brutally murdered, brutally executed, brutally crucified, taking on your sin, taking on my sin, the sins of the world, the Bible says. And in his death, those sins being put to death, three days later, Jesus Jesus rises from the dead, proving once and for all that he was fully God and fully man, that he truly was the Messiah, that he truly was the savior of the world. Didn't stop there. The Bible says that he went down and took the keys of death, stole them away forever, creating an open access between you and your father, between you and God, between you and your eternity. Come on, today I wanna ask you, if you've been living in the limbo of, maybe maybe you're even lukewarm. Man, I'm like, I'm a Christian, but like, I don't know, what does that mean? I'm not really, if you're here today and for the first time you wanna step across the threshold start getting power from God, start getting his grace, his mercy, his love to you in a brand new way. Come on, supernatural stamina, finding you like never before. It is impossible for your life not to completely change when you say yes to him. It is a byproduct of saying yes to the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible shows us that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is and he accomplished what his Bible says that he accomplished and you confess it with your mouth. So believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, The Bible says that you will be saved. Your name will be rewritten in the book of life. Security in heaven will be yours. You will have salvation. But guess what? Now you have a God at your side through every season. You have a God at your side through every scenario. You have a God at your side through every season of limbo. If that's you and you're like, yep, I'm into that. I'm just gonna count to three. I want you to raise your hand. You raising your hand is a signal saying, I am ready to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I'm gonna become a Christian. I'm gonna become a follower of Jesus. I don't know what that means entirely yet. Great, that's okay, welcome to church. That's what we're here to help you figure out. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Anybody, any new believers? Yes, so incredible, good, good, sir. I see you, sir. Yep, beautiful, sir, thank you. Come on, you don't have to live your life in the limbo anymore. Come on, get all of who Jesus is. Get all of his presence, get all of his spirit, get all of his rewards, get all of his benefits. We thank you, Jesus. We're gonna pray together. We're a family here. So everyone's gonna repeat this, especially, listen, I know those of you who raised your hand, come on. You're feeling something in you right now. The Holy Spirit's about to hit your life. Things are about to change forever. Repeat after me and say, Jesus, today in your house, I step across the line of the limbo and I declare from this moment forward, Jesus Christ is my Lord 
my savior and my king. I understand that my life without you is a hot mess, but my life with you can be the best it can ever be. From this moment forward, I recognize that God is my father, that heaven is my home, that Jesus is my savior, and I will have him with me through everything life brings my way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we applaud those giving their life to Jesus Christ today, stepping across that line? I wanna do this as the band plays. Got a little bit of time. I wanna do this as the band plays. If you just felt like, yo, dude, that spoke to me, I've been in the middle of the limbo, I've gotta remind myself what God has said, come on, I gotta learn how to process with him and with others properly, and I wanna be the one who endures. I wanna be the one who sees the reward, who steps across the thing. I just want you to come down to the front right now, because we're gonna have our ministry team, they wanna pray for you. Listen, when you get God involved, when you get God involved, that's where things get supernaturally accelerated, that's where clarity comes, where there's been confusion, that's where hope comes, where there's been hopelessness, that's where God can do his best work, at an altar just like this. If you've been finding yourself in that back and forth, stuck season, you're, God, you're just like, God, I just need something to break this morning. I just need something to shift. I just need you to move on my behalf. I want you to come down to the front band. Can we start singing? jobs of your Holy Spirit is to remind us that what you have said. God, I thank you today you're reminding these people, God, the good things that you have for them, the dream that you've put in their heart, the promise that you have made, the thing that you have called them to be. God, we thank you right now, a brand new, fresh understanding, a brand new, fresh remembrance. Come on, don't lose sight, God would say. Don't lose hold, God would say. You just hold on to that thing until I do what I do best. God, we thank you for those that are, that are in the limbo season. God, we thank you for the greatest friends coming alongside them, giving them wise counsel, God, giving them discernment, God, pointing them back to your word. God, we thank you for new barriers of, of language being opened with you. God, will we learn how to process properly with you, get you involved? But God, we thank you, God, for the great reward. God, the great reward to those who endure, those who don't bail, those who don't leave, those who hold on to the foundation of your word. The thing you've promised, the thing you've said, the thing you... God, we thank you for these incredible people. We thank you for Bayho Campus. We thank you for your church. The city of San Diego. And if anybody loves God this morning, come on, can we make some noise as we say amen? The great King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Remarkable. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.